Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Happy Father's Day. Um, welcome to Rich Community Church. My name is Alan. I am the director for our students' ministries here at Rich. And um, today I will be filling in for, for our senior pastor, Pastor Heath, who's away today and then will be back next Sunday. We are going to continue in our year-long series called uh, Walking in the Word. And what I want to talk to you about today, which I consider to be very appropriate as, as we anticipate communion, as we anticipate sharing in the, in the Lord's table today, I want us to, to self-examine ourselves um, and, and hopefully the, the Holy Spirit will bring to attention um, what needs to, to be brought to light. And, and I want to begin by asking you this question. And remember that the, the policy Pastor Heath has instituted, do not raise your hands. <clears throat> but have you ever not struggled with, with sin? Or have you ever, uh, now or before, not struggled with a sin that does not seem to, to go away? If you have, this message uh, is for you. And what I'm talking about here more so specifically is a sin that may be a hidden sin in our lives, a, a sin that may be a constant sin. In our lives. A habitual sin. A sin that's continual, persistent, continuous, perpetual, non-stop, recurrent, repeated. A, a sin that in our lives may be frequent. And which other ever synonym you want to use for habitual sin. The verse I, I want us to start with today uh, is a verse, is one that you may be very well familiar with is uh, Romans chapter 7, verses 18 through 19. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but, I, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. And, and that is, the struggle right there, isn't it? We want to carry out the things of God, but we don't. And we don't want to carry out the things of the flesh, but we do. You know, I, I wonder what the Guinness World Record is for most prayers apologizing to God over the same sin over and over and over again. So from this verse, I'm sure many of us can relate, uh, we can see that what Paul is essentially saying here is that the flesh serves as a base camp from which sin operates in, in our lives. Our flesh is, is, is subject to sin and, and it is thoroughly contaminated. The Bible portrays sin as, as very powerful. Sin deceives 
Genesis 3.13, sin desires, Genesis 4.7, sin destroys, Genesis 6.7. It wages war amongst believers, Romans 7.23. It is not in harmony with our flesh and spirit, Galatians 5.17. It is enticing, James 1.14, and it is entangling, Hebrews 12.1. And, and many of us as Christians do struggle with entrenched, unceasing, perpetual, entangling, habitual sin, and it disturbs our, our efforts to, to follow Christ. There may be sometimes when we struggle for, for months, uh, years, or, or even decades. I was listening to a pastor talk about this, and he shared an experience he had one time with another believer. The pastor had gone out to visit his friend at the hospital. Uh, this man was, was in bad condition. He was dying of, of heart failure. He was 78 years old. And, and the pastor asked his friend, uh, are, are you ready to, to go see the Lord? Uh, are you ready to go to heaven? Then his friend turned to, to the pastor weeping. Well, my, my trust is in the Lord, but I just never got over pornography. 78 years old. The pastor was, was incredibly shocked, especially because his friend had not been living in the generation we now live in with all the access we have through our TVs, uh, social media, phones. He was 78 years old, and, and, and this was the, the deep wound, in a sense, he was carrying on, on his way to meet the Lord in heaven. If we're going to win this battle in our hearts, it's going to require work. We must be watchful and, 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 and vigilant. The gospel gives us hope that, that all sin... Uh, even entangling sin can be both forgiven and, and, and subdued. Christ has the power through the Holy Spirit to break off any chain in our lives. And Christ has conquered death and de now there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Romans 8.1 But as we grow into the likeness of our Lord through a process we call sanctification, it requires from us a... a certain responsibility. And, and because sin has such persistence and, and power, we must be attentive in our struggle against it. As John Owen, a, a nonconformist, a, a Puritan, puts it, if sin be subtle, watchful, strong, and always at work in the business of killing our souls, and we be slothful or lazy, negligent and foolish, can we expect a comfortable event? You know, it's, it is man's nature, even as a believer, to be easily entangled in sin. And it happens uh, so easily. And truth be told, there are certain sins which more easily entangle each, each one of us more than others. We each have certain propensities for, for a specific 
kinds of sins. It may be because of habits we developed before we were Christian or, or habits that in our spiritual feebleness or fragility, we continue to develop these habits. I mean, it, it, it could be anything. It could be pride, unjust anger, envy, selfishness, drinking a bit too much. Committing adultery in our hearts by, by what we see or, or in action. It could be idolatry like in our own self-image or, or our possessions or, or failing to, to follow God's commands. All these things and more can, can, can be entangling perpetual sins. So... What we're going to, to focus on now are, are truths and, and tangible principles we can apply to our lives for maintaining vigilance in the fight. And we can begin with recognizing a few things about sin itself and the dominion or control that it may have in our lives. So for the first thing that we should know about sin is, is this. Sin is strong. Sin is, is, is powerful. Though we know our, our God is stronger, uh, sin still holds power, so to speak, in, in our flesh. Our, our flesh and spirit are in opposition with, with one another. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the, the, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Sin applies a, a, a tremendous force or a, or, or a tremendous power over our flesh. One pastor puts it this way. The reason sin so easily mixes in with us is because of its power, its strength, its force. It exerts a strong influence on our will. It exerts a strong influence on our emotions. It exerts a strong influence on our affections. It rarely suggests things to us. It almost always commands them. It rarely leads. It most always pushes from the rear, drives and forces its way in us. End quote. So the, the position of attack that, that sin takes, the, the, the refuge where it finds itself in is, is in our flesh. And, and it, it, it exercises a, a tremendous force against it. In, in our flesh, sin finds a, a very willing ally. It finds a very receptive environment. Sin's snaring grasp can, can be like being trapped in a cave or, or being confined to a very tight space. It, its smothering power can feel overwhelming and, and inescapable. Joy, peace, and, and hope can, can be short-lived in the darkness. Another thing that, that we can recognize about sin is that the reason why it may be so powerful in, in our lives is because it is so near, it is, it is so close. More than, than willing itself 
into us with great power from the outside, sin exercises its power from within us, from, from within our very own flesh. I, I, I could become a monk and then sit in a cave for the rest of my life and I will still struggle with sin. Jeremiah 13.23 says, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leper his spots? Then also you can do good who are accustomed to do evil. And, and what this is saying here is that we can no more change the internal sinfulness that is a part of our lives than the leper can change his spots or the Ethiopian can change the color of his skin. It, it, it is a part of, of what we are. Sin is very strong and finds a very willing ally in our flesh. It finds it very easy to fuse with our flesh. Because our, our flesh is falling. I mean, it, it is literally dying until our new bodies are given by God. And, and it itself, our flesh, has, has propensities towards sin. Sin is very, very near to us. Uh, another reason why sin could be so easily mixed in in our lives is because it is intertwined with, with so many of our actions, with, with so many of, of our motives. One could, could make the argument that sin, in a minor or, or major way, is intertwined with everyone of our motives, even in our best deeds. Paul says in, in um, Romans chapter 7, verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? That's, that's Paul saying that. The, the, pretty much the writer of the New Testament, the greatest theologian that there ever was. So sin can, can be easily entangled in our lives because it is mixed in with so many of our actions, with, with so many of our motives. If not, to one degree or another, uh, all. So if, if we want to overcome the sin that, that so easily entangles us, if we want to live a, a life of, of purity and, and righteousness and want to become the type of Christians God would want us to be, the Bible tells us what to do. We must lay aside the sin which clings so closely. Um, Hebrews 12.1. And, and that verse is, is going to be up in the screen later on. <clears throat> So then the, the, the task at hand becomes how to do that. From a practical standpoint, how do we do that? 
I mean, the, the Bible is full of verse after verse commanding us to do that. Well, we could probably have a whole series on just reading out the Bible verses commanding us to move away from sin. But how do we do that? We surely know that this work of becoming more and more like Christ is the work of the Holy Spirit. And if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the, the loss of the flesh. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We give all the credit to the divine work of the Spirit, but yet there is a, a, a responsibility that's, that's ours. There is a, a responsibility we, we must tend to as, as we yield to the will of the Father. There is a responsibility we must yield to as we we must do as, as we yield to the works of the Spirit. So how do we do this? What, what is, is our response? And, and before we continue on, uh, I just want to say that what better time than, than to begin than, than today. At the end of service, Today we, we will be coming together to the Lord's table to, to remember what, what Christ has done for us in the cross and to self-examine ourselves. Uh, to, to self-examine ourselves into confession. Having the, the confidence and hope that He is faithful and just and forgive us of our sins. And, and maybe with, with the principles that we will talk about here, we can begin to take the necessary steps to live a, live a life with a decreased uh, load of, of sin. So that every time we come to the Lord's table, there may be the potential for the list to be a little bit shorter because we're dealing with it on a, on a day-to-day basis. I mean, and remember, it's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We, we aim for, for perfection as Christ is perfect. But, but what we cultivate is progress. So the first concept that, that we can begin to think about to assist us in, in laying down our sin is this. That we should not underestimate the the seriousness of sin. Uh, we at times may not deal swiftly with sin because we may underestimate it. Uh, we may underestimate the seriousness of it to God, uh, to us, to the church, or to those whom to 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 those whom we have relationships with, such as our family or friends. And and, and we need God's sovereign power to to mitigate it. Eve was deceived by Satan, and, and Adam followed her in, in sinning. Our, our two perfect ancestors, who were created in the image of God, couldn't stand against Satan's tactics on their own. They were morally pure, uh, intelligent, and walked with God every day. Yet they... On their own, they, they failed. 
Another example is found right there in Genesis when Cain gave in to sin's power. He failed to, to please God with his offering uh, and got angry. God warned Cain, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is for you. But you must rule over it. That's found in, in Genesis 4-7. In spite of this warning, Cain gave in to sin and, and killed his brother Abel. Our sin ruins the fellowship with God. Our, our sin diminishes fruitfulness. Our sin robs us of, of peace. Our, our sin hurts our service. Our, our sin diminishes our, our effectiveness in, in evangelism. Our sin hinders our prayers. Our sin brings the discipline of God. We must not take sin lightly. I need to understand that it hurts our relationship to the Father. Another concept that, that we can apply to our lives in laying aside sin is to Purposefully and, and strongly promise God not to sin. To make a vow or, or an oath with God to, to follow His commands. To tell God, I, I don't want to sin anymore. I, I want to keep your commands. David did it in, in Psalm 119, 106, where, where he said, I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. Having that type of resolution in our hearts, having that type of, of commitment and purpose, uh, can surely give us a better probability of not being so easily entangled by sins. Do you feel tired of, of battling with the same sin over and, and over and over and over again? Then let us run toward, towards the Lord. There's a, a great picture of this in, in Psalm 119.32 where, where it says, I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. One pastor explained this, this verse beautifully like this. It's, it's like a runner. A great runner very often has an enlarged heart muscle because of the tremendous development of his running ability and the strengthening of his heart to keep pumping all that is needed to that body as it pushes itself beyond normal limits. And a great runner can, weigh, can run the way he runs because he, his heart is enlarged. The psalmist is saying, I will run in the way of your commandments because you have enlarged my heart. You have given me a heart for obedience. That kind of commitment is absolutely essential. There's a great difference between sin dwelling in us and sin entertained by us. There's a great difference between sin remaining and, and sin harbored or sin preserved. End quote. So, to lay aside sin means to, to purpose and, and promise God to, to obey. A, a firm promise. I promise you, I will 
obey you. The, the next concept into laying down our sin is to be aware of our own spiritual fragility or, or weakness. And in that fragility, resist the first risings uh, of the flesh and its pleasures. You know, we find that in Job 31.1, he says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze upon a virgin? And what, what Job is essentially saying here, I have to be careful with what I look because I do not trust myself. I have got to start with, with what I see. We have to be diligent in, in, our, in, in watching over our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 We want to attempt to stop sin at the point of conception, not at, not at the point of, of birth. We can't let it continue to, to grow and, and mingle, it, it might be too late by then. Sin uh, comes to us promising pleasure. And, and what we must remember is that our goal is not to please ourselves, but to please God. The next element or, or principle in our battle against sin uh, would be what, what most of us I'm, would be what I'm sure most of us know, and, and that is to, to meditate on the word. You know, when when a heart is controlled by by the word of God, its steps do not slip. Psalm thirty seven thirty one says, "The law of his God is in his heart; his steps do not slip." Another great verse is found in Joshua one eight, where it says, "This book of the law." Shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate it. But you should meditate on it day and night. But okay, but but why? So that you, so that so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So how? Can we win this, this battle? How, how can we be successful, uh, successful against sin? By guarding our hearts with, with Scripture. It is the persistent input of the Word of God in our lives that is going to miti- that mitigates the persistent input of the, that persistent sin in our lives. It is Scripture that can begin to fill up our minds and, and help control our thinking so that it can become our strength and, and resource in helping us resist those initial impulses of the flesh. Let's make sure that before sin gets to us, it first has to go through layers and layers and layers and layers of Scripture rather than not. And when we feel the impulse of the truth we know, we can meditate on that. And, and not on the enticings of, of our own pleasures. The next element uh, in this is, is to be immediately repentant over our, our mistakes. I, I had a professor back in college who used to, used to always say that some evidence of, of spiritual maturity is how quickly we come to repentance. And, and repentance is not only saying, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. But 
It is saying, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. I do not want to do that ever again. To turn away from our sin is, is the stuff of, of real repentance. And we can develop an added level of accountability between us and God if, if we want to, if we claim that sin we are repentful for, if uh, we actually name the sin that we don't want to do. The, the next principle, and I only have 20 more, so we'll be okay. The, the next principle we can engage in uh, is to continually pray for divine help. After all, we, we are told to pray about, about everything. James 5.13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Or Ephesians 6.18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for, for all the saints, for, for the rest of believers. We, we pray about everything. We, we pray for His divine help in everything. Jesus said to his disciples in, in Matthew 26, 41, Watch and pray that you may not en- enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So, so at, the beginning, at the beginning of our day, we can, we can pr- pray, Lord, I, I need you today. Please let me be an example in, in my conduct and, and speech. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from what? Evil. Prayer helps us communicate with God. Prayer keeps us humble before God. It, it helps us experience God. And it helps us against evil. And lastly, to, to battle sin in our lives, we establish relationships with, with other believers. Relationships where we can be held accountable with, with one another. Uh, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, "Iron sharpens iron, son. So, and and one man sharpens another. We we are all uh, we are all struggling. Uh, we are all not without fault. We are all faced with sin, and and we we need each other." Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers, if, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him with a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself, lest you, not, lest you too be, be tempted. Uh, we are all in this together. So we bear each other's burdens. You may go down this time, and, and I may go down next time. But between the two of us, we're going to hold each other accountable uh, 
for, for holy living. If you're married, um, your spouse is, is who it begins with. And beyond that, um, there, there are other relationships that I feel we need to engage in that can be highly effective in our strengthening of our, of our spiritual life. We really do want people around us who, who, who lift us up, uh, not, not, not people around us who, who pull us down. It's, it's, um, it's a difficult thing to, to deal with, um, but, but there comes a point where it is the inevitable uh, thing to do. We, we want people around us, uh, friends, families, co-workers, who, who will see our own failures in the same way we see theirs, with, with love. People who, who, when we fail, will, will love us in the process. People who will lift us up in the process. And people who will demand, urge, and request of us the highest standards. That's accountability. That's iron sharpening iron. If, if I can invite the, the worship team up, please. So, how do we come to a place where we can lay aside the sin that so easily entangles us? The sin which clings so closely, especially those sins in which we tend to fall into over and over again. We first realize sin is strong, sin is powerful, it is very near, it is very close, even in us. And it is intertwined with many, many of our motives and actions, if not all. And in order to deal with it, we must understand its seriousness. We must promise God not to sin. We watch ourselves carefully for our own spiritual fragility. We resist the first risings of the flesh. We must meditate on the word. We become repentant immediately for our moments of failure. We must continue in prayer. We must have dependence on God's power. And we must establish intimate relationships of spiritual accountability. And, and like we said before, what better time than to start this new pattern of life than, than now in communion uh, at the Lord's table where we're not only coming to remembrance for what Christ has done in the cross but where we also unload the, the sins that, that we carry the the sins that, that we have accumulated. For which we will be forgiven. And 
the sum of, the sum of it all may, may, like in the, may, may lie in the, in the book of Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by, by so a, a great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, who, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If we are going to look at somebody as a model, look at Christ. He is the one who in his striving against sin never fell. He is the one who in his striving against death conquered it. He was in all points tempted like we are. He never fell. He never succumbed. He never gave in. So if you're going to to look at somebody, look at him. Look at him in the Word. See his person in the Word. Witness his, his works in the Word. And, and, and hear His promises in the Word. He's our model and, and He's our example. So we're, we're here to, to remember His death. Uh, we're here to ask his, his forgiveness. And we're here to ask Him again to be our example. As we lay our, uh, uh, down our sin and, and fix our eyes on Him to follow the path of victory over the sin that so easily entangles us. And, and a simple reminder as, as, as we finish up, as we come to the Lord's table, this is for, for anyone. Uh, uh, you don't have to be a member of, of REACH. This could be your first time here. Uh, but this is for anyone who's put their trust in Christ as their Lord and, and Savior. And the way that we will do it is, is that after we pray right now, uh, you may come up to any one of, of these stations, uh, take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and you may go back to your seats and, and, and sit, uh, stand, or kneel and, and pray. In the meantime, the, the worship team will be playing a song and they will close us out. So let's bow in prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for becoming who you became. Thank you for, beco- thank you for becoming our Lord and Savior. Uh, thank you for being who you are. Uh, thank you for calling us out. I pray, Lord, as we struggle with sin now and as we are going to continue to struggle in sin, that you may give us the strength, endurance, and patience to deal with it. And um, that you may give us the passion to deal with it. That we don't become... Uh, slothful about it. Uh, thank you for all the things that, that you've done and, and, and I pray that we keep vigilance and, and we may remain watchful over this long lifetime battle. In your name we pray. Amen.